1: a Friday. The Super
2: Bowl is just two days away. The only bad news about that is that means the greatest sport in the world is done until July. Withdrawals will be tough early next week. I know it will be fans, but the good news is we will be your therapists from February through July when training camp gets underway. Sure, we'll have some brief doctor's visits when there's OTAs. The draft. Free agency will give us reason to get excited in March. There will be opportunities. There will be date nights along the way. But you have to ready yourself for the withdrawals that will be coming starting Monday morning. What all we're talking about is a division rival winning the Super Bowl and, of course, commercials because that's what the Monday after Super Bowls is all about right now if you're a Washington Commanders fan. It's like watching your neighbor hit the lottery and you going, hey, are you going to give me a few dollars just because I've been your neighbor for a long time? No. No, I'm not, neighbor. No, no. This Vincent J. Lombardi trophy comes with me, stays with me. I might let you see it. I might let you take a picture with it, but it doesn't leave my house. That's what Howie Roseman's going to say to the rest of the division. Sorry, Jerry Jones. Sorry, Mr. Mayor. I know your family's been in the league for a long time. We beat you fair and square. And we don't care about you down there in Washington. Whoever's going to own the team, because we're going to win the Super Bowl Sunday, and we're not going to let you play anymore. Because guess what? I got first-round picks out the wazoo. I don't have to let you play anymore, Washington, Dallas, or the Giants. Imagine that. Imagine being our colleagues at freaking WIP, Rooster. Imagine that. How great is it going to be? They have a freaking baseball team that was in the World Series. They have a team that might win the Super Bowl Sunday. The Sixers are going to be a factor In the NBA playoffs, even the Flyers have a pulse under torts.
3: The hell is going on here in the nation's capital? It's almost like, you know, how people always thought, no offense to anybody up in Boston, that the guys at WEEI and 98.5, the sports hub, were so awesome because they would get monster ratings. 30 shares. That means 30% of the people actually listening to the radio were listening to sports Radio in Boston. But it's almost like they thought it was because those guys were just so good. When in reality, I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're good. And I'm sure they have cool Boston accents. But in reality, when the Red Sox are winning a World Series every other year, when the Patriots are winning seven Super Bowls, when the Celtics are in the NBA Finals and or winning a, a championship under Kevin Garnett? When the Bruins are... Best record in the National Hockey League right now? Well, right now, but when they're usually Bruining and making the playoffs at least... David Pasternak, Brad Marsan. It's easy to get monster ratings and people interested and people excited. You know what's hard? around here having to deal with the dysfunctional disaster that is, and then having people with surgically attached pom-poms to their wrists and their ass screaming at you on Twitter about how you're wrong 95% of the time.
2: People. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. I got Chris
3: standing here. That's right, Kirk. 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 Kirk and Chains. Hey, but guess what? By the what? way, did you see my boy last night trying to rap a little bit with the, uh, who is the one in the stupid Dallas Cowboy dress? What's her name? Uh, the host. Kelly
2: Clarkson. Who? Kelly Clarkson. Kelly
3: Clarkson. The, first of all, I gotta say this. I missed the beginning of the show, the monologue. I I, I heard from multiple people that it was hel- just hellaciously awkward and just really bad. I haven't seen it.
2: Who did it? Kelly Clarkson. Oh. <laughs> That means she means she, she probably had somebody writing for her. Well,
3: yeah, but but did you see the dress she came out in? No,
2: I was broadcasting harness okay. races last night. I was making money.
3: Well, well okay. Well, normally you stay up until four o'clock in the morning watching Excellent Mountain point. West basketball. Good so point. I figured you would go back and watch this. She comes out. You got to check the dress she wore. Now, it, she did make a joke, right? But the dress she wore was an all Dallas Cowboys like mishmash of names and uniform numbers and whatnot and, like, jersey swatch paths, uh, patches. And it was just the weirdest-looking thing that you're ever going to see. But I guess the whole idea behind it is – I think she's a Cowboys fan. I I, I assume
2: that's interesting. CD, uh, C D Lamb number and yeah, that's a right. That's an interesting giddy up.
3: Okay, so I I th- I think that's why she she did all that, but wasn't Michael Irvin also eighty eight? Yeah. Interesting that the NFL would allow her to kind of, and I guess because it's C D Lamb. Wear that, considering what's going on with Michael Irvin, uh, which it was reported uh, earlier.
2: It was in honor. Uh, not only was the silver 88 emblazoned on the jersey, it was in honor of wide receiver Drew Pearson. Oh, okay. But four more players' last names also cascaded right. down the front.
3: Right, so. and she did make a joke, which I thought was funny. I didn't hear it, but I saw it on Twitter. Uh, basically, I'm trying to find it, but tweet deck. Twitter has... Com- Go figure. Twitter has managed to completely screw up TweetDeck, and now I have no idea what I'm doing. She made a joke about how wearing a Cowboys dress for being a Cowboys fan is great.
2: It had had, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, it had Lamb at the bottom, Diggs, Lawrence, Pollard, Parsons,
3: Zach Martin, right? And Zach
2: Martin, which was kind of cut off in the one picture I saw. So yeah. I mean, there's several different names right. on it. So, so it's really an awkward. It is. Dress. It is a
3: garish looking dress, <laughs> even if you're doing a bit, right? So she said th- the joke that she said. This is uh, via Ari Marov. Of is he still with PFF or is he somewhere else now? I can't remember. He's changed jobs a couple of times. He said, "Did you? Did you all know?" The playoffs continue after the divisional round. I didn't. I'm a Cowboys fan. But boom. <laughs>
2: hey, uh, Ari Kelly. Ari works for the thirty third team. Oh, that's what now. it
3: is. Okay, uh, he was just with PFF like mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Um, so, I mean, listen. She was the parts that I saw. She was awkward at best. I'm not a big Kelly Clarkson fan, so maybe I'm missing something to, like, her southern charm and all that. She's made more money and had more success than I will ever have. So, I mean, if you want to call me jealous, okay, fine, whatever. Um, I, I did enjoy, though, it was hilariously awkward, the Tom Brady spoof with her and Kirk in chains. Kirk coming out in the chains that he wore on the plane back. From Washington uh, and rapping slash singing since you've been gone, which is like one of her famous songs and basically was an ode to Tom Brady. And they're showing pictures of him in his freaking underwear and no shirt the other day covering up his uh his. Mm-hmm. his, his uh, his, Fingers. <laughs> well, that that's one way. His Ju- loins. His junk, his manhood, what have you. His loins you know, and then they made, made his coins. Yeah, and then somebody made fun of the fact. Uh, I think oh, it was Rob Gronkowski. I don't think it was on the same show. Rob was like, man, you're supposed to show that, you know? You're supposed to, like, show us your merchandise. <laughs> oh, Robbie G is trying to get a little pixie at little Tommy B. I
2: mean, I... <laughs> I would hazard a guess that that is that visualization has already taken place. Yeah, I would
3: guess over the with years, all the years they
2: played. In I would the NFL guess together. over the just, years, but he wa- he
3: wanted him to show America little Tommy B. Well, let's see. He's got multiple kids
2: uh, with two of the hottest women on planet Earth. Uh-huh. So apparently, that equipment is probably sufficient.
3: It, it, it's working. Uh, I mean, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, by the way, just on a, on a quick aside. There is a story out there. I don't know how legit it is, uh, but it's from Jacob Silverman, and it's a verified account. Um, I'm trying to find out where he works, but again, they have screwed up TweetDeck to no end. Uh, and uh, he's I'm not a, sure
2: why it doesn't work for you. It works just fine for me.
3: I'm telling you, I'm, I'll show you during the break. He's a tech crypto writer. Yeah. Um, and what he what he put. Out was that Tom and Giselle um, apparently spent like $84 million on cryptocurrency and went busto, and that's why they got divorced? I don't know if any part of that is true.
2: I wonder how much of the money that they invested was hers or his.
3: I don't know. But maybe who they, was
2: responsible for making that decision?
3: I, I don't know. I don't know. The answer is, I don't know, but could you imagine if you have that kind of money to lose and that kind of money to blow? Think about that. Now, again, she was, and she is one of the most beautiful women in the world, right? I mean, she's, I mean, she had to be making at her apex probably $45, $50 million back before she started popping kids. Now she goes back to modeling. I'm sure she's going to make a ton of money. Tom Brady has made a fortune. Uh, he's supposedly worth over 300 I don't know if this story is true, but maybe all of a sudden you see Tommy, you know, modeling underwear and trying to pump different products. But, but it, well, it wouldn't but, make but see, sense though. Chrissy- because you'd either think he would stay in the NFL and play— or that he would jump right. right into the broadcast. But, so I was going to say right?
2: yeah, exactly. You make my point. I mean, it was, uh, listen to the great podcast that Andrew Marshan and John Warren do from the Sports Business Journal. Um, you know, they had Eric Shanks on from Fox, and they had talked about you know the communications with Tom Brady and you know how uh, Tom is at this point. I believe Tom, in this year in between, a wants to decompress. Mm-hmm. from the National Football League a little bit from playing. Wants to do things with his family, but also, I believe, wants to have a lot of rehearsals so he can be. First of all, he has to be as good as Greg Olson has been. Greg Olson has given Fox something legitimately to to think about here going forward. Burkhart and Olsen are going to do a Super Bowl. Olson is as popular With that crew, all the people behind the scenes, as it can possibly get. There is amazing chemistry with that group going right now. And if you're Fox, Fox has really stepped it up, not only with its pro football World Series uh, coverage, which has been phenomenal, but Fox has hit it out of the park um, with pro football and with its baseball coverage. But now it's continuing to expand into the college sports universe. And they 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 have done something that you could no one ever thought could possibly happen. And that is challenge game day on Saturdays, college game day on Saturdays with their college football programming. And Shanks, you gotta give Shanks a lot of credit. This is a dude who's under 40 years old and you know is heading up Fox Sports right now and doing a bang up job, and I think making great decisions. And I think now they're in a win-win. They're like, wow, Greg Olson has far surpassed anything we could have hoped in a short amount of time for him. And now on on the horizon, we've got Tom Brady waiting in the wings to add to our arsenal of, of color analysts. And, I I mean, I don't know if it's a lock that Brady ends up with Burkhardt because I think the chemistry between Burkhardt and Olson is so good. If I got to put Brady with... Adam Amin or somebody like that on a number – a 1A team even. Those guys are always going to get decent football games because I've got – I don't know how good Tom Brady will be without a bunch of rehearsals, and I think that's what Tom wants to do. Shanks referenced that. Brady has an expectation level of himself that when he starts to do it, he wants to make sure he's good at it right away. He doesn't want to come across as this pedestrian I'm learning on the job because remember – with the kind of money that he's being paid, $37.5 million a year, uh-huh. there is an expectation that he's not going to suck. Now, if you've ever listened to his podcast with Jim Gray and Larry Fitzgerald that airs on Sirius XM,
3: I've only listened to clips.
2: I think Tommy does a great job talking about football when you can tell he's relaxed and, you know, uh, things are going well. Mm-hmm. So I think he will – My my impression is he will do okay – right at this color analyst thing
3: well what what if i what if i say this i i believe what you're saying and whatever what, what's his name shanks eric shanks and he's like like the what the president and ceo yeah. of fox yes but uh, i mean so
2: I mean, my point is to your point about the money if tom really needed the money why wouldn't you just activate well, the 10 well, year 375 million yeah, contract I mean, right now
3: i mean who you know he's saying that that's the reason for the divorce mm-hmm. between him and giselle is because they blew all this money on cryptocurrency. I have no idea if that's true. I I literally just saw that right before that the show. That means one just, is
2: pissed at the other for getting them in a bad business deal. Yeah, probably. perhaps.
3: But to your point, you could lose a lot of money, mm. and because you're Tom and Giselle, you could still have plenty of it. Yeah. And 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 you know, like, but but still be mad that I told you not to do that. I told you not to invest in that, and you did it anyway. I told you you're done playing football. And if you want this, then you ain't going back to playing football anymore. You sound like and my wife when I football. talk about
2: going to officiate.
3: So there you go. <laughs> uh, 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 anyway, listen, to your point, um, I don't know what they're going to do. First of all, I- I'll say this, and no, uh, everybody will laugh and just say, oh, it's just typical you. Greg Olson's better than Troy Aikman. Yes. And and that it's not even a question in my mind. And Troy Aikman got paid $18 million a year. Again, I was the one five years ago that was, Aikman, that was way, not blown hey, away in any way, shape, or form by Tony Romo. And now everybody hates Tony Romo. By the way, Romo.
2: Aikman claimed in his latter days at Fox and right after that Fox had not communicated with him in, a, in I guess, a sufficient way to appease Troy. But I find that hard to believe because Shanks talked about when, um, again, on the Andrew Marsh and John Oran podcast, available wherever you get podcasts, it's fantastic for geeks like Sheehan and I about
3: broadcasting and stuff like that. Kevin Sheehan and Pete Medhurst, TV ratings extravaganza coming your way on Super Saturday into Super Sunday from midnight, uh, let's start it at 11.45 tomorrow night. Until 4.30 Sunday afternoon. Straight through. Woo! Commercial free. The Sheehan uh, Medhurst TV Sunday Spectacular. Let's run.
2: Thank you. Um, you just completely threw off my train. Of th- oh, but. Talk about 0. Remember, 0.085 Fox, ratings on college basketball. That would still be higher than some. Um, remember, though. Buck had a year left on his contract. Yep. Fox had to let him out of it. Right. and Shanks had a very great answer. He goes, they asked him, why did you let him out of the contract? And he goes, well, you know, basically he asked me. <laughs> so he was the relationship has been great. I mean, yeah. Buck had been there for over 20 years. Um, and you know, basically just he just asked me. So yeah. you know, uh, we let them out of it and he kind of denied, you know any communication issues with Aikman. But I think they knew behind the scenes, how good Olson was becoming, and they had no problem letting Aikman go at that point.
3: Yeah. I it's just interesting. Because I'm with Be- you.
2: I'm with you. And they're completely different. And again, I'm not as negative toward Aikman as you are.
3: Yeah. I do believe. I, I Troy, just think Aikman is boring.
2: He's stiff. That's yeah. He's that's, gotten a little bit better. I think that's fair though. Troy just does it in a much different, more calm style. I think Olson is fantastic. And the more fascinating stuff to me. Because next year, CBS has it. Right. You got Nansen Romo yeah. and allegedly Sean McManus on multiple occasions. Are doing
3: an intervention.
2: Had to go talk with Tony Romo just to kind of figure out, hey, dude, what's going on? You know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's.
3: Is that because Tony Romo's, like, playing too much golf? Is that because Tony Romo has got. Like romper room at his house now, the, or I mean, it's hard, man. I'm telling you, it's there. Are it's really hard to prepare for this show with the amount of crap that I have going on in my life that I don't even tell anybody about. Industry, I know it's you know I I know you're working 16 jobs. I mean, I'm not working as many jobs. I'm telling you, man, it is really hard to kind of focus and concentrate and stay up until midnight, right. burning the midnight oil, industry, preparing for the show.
2: Industry experts this year talked about what seemed to be a lack of preparation. From Romo. Now, if all I had to do was prepare for one game a week.
3: How do you screw that up?
2: That's what I don't get.
3: I mean, now, to be fair, they're gone from, they fly in usually early Friday morning. Mm -hmm. And then they are presumably in the road city that they're doing the game until at least late Sunday night and maybe possibly Monday morning. It's not like they're working three hours a day. I mean, a week. It's not like you know. It's, right, it's right, not like right. that. There's no time commitment. But, still, that's but if only, you're doing Chris, one game only, a week,
2: that's only a 17 week right. commitment during the regular season. Right. A couple of weeks in the playoffs. Out of 52 weeks, you're working 19. You're making, God knows how much money. I mean, what's he? 17. He's 17, 18 million now, right? Too isn't he? Yep. So I mean, you're 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 working 17 tonight. You can't give. You can't give. Jim Nance, your best for 17 to 19 weeks?
3: I mean, maybe he feels he is giving it his best. I don't know.
2: I mean, because everybody, of course, and like you said, you've even taken him to task for it, but in the early days, he was predicting plays. He had great energy. Was you know He was all into it and everything like that. It appears as if some of that energy is kind of backed mm. off. Not all the time. Like when, he has, when they have a big game, mm-hmm. when Nance and, and Romo show up and it's a big game, two really good teams – I still think you get a little more oomph from Romo. A lot
3: of people did not like the AFC Championship broadcast. No, way no, more absolutely. than I thought would ever be I the case. Co- completely agree. And you know, I don't care that much about mm-hmm. you know uh, the broadcast. I mean, I do like Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhardt. I do. I, I mean, I'm you know th- th- like the they, will, s- I don't they think, will be fine on right. That's on, on, on I, don't Super think, I don't think
2: I don't think Burkhardt and Olson are are going to be the story. This weekend. The fact is, we have two amazing teams. We have, you know, a great matchup. And I think this is a case where Burkhardt and Olsen can just kind of blend into the fabric, man, and let the game. I don't think either guy, here's the thing. I don't think either guy will upstage the game. Okay? No. No. I don't think, uh, what I don't like is, what I don't like is, is when people have this, and there are, there are a couple of people that end up with very good opportunities, either via TV or radio, that do this habitually in these championship situations. They have a line planned out that if Team A wins, I'm going to say this. If Team B wins, I'm going to say this.
3: If Joe A wins, if Joe B and, wins, if
2: Joe C wins. You know, that's why I That's why I think, you know, the nobody, thing if you're got a... got that reference. Uh, no. Joe, as you know. No. You said Joe There's A. There's a
3: commercial. I no. forget which It's okay. But but they're like Joe A and Joe B. And what Joe what you, C what and, you want
2: and, is what you want is the game to end on a last play. Boom. Game sure. is over right then and there. Sure. Because it allows it to be more natural. It's not like when you're I mean like remember I told you I I felt bad for Emmerich and John Walton on the Caps Stanley Cup win because there just wasn't a natural ending to the game because there was a whistle with like yeah. 0.3 yeah. seconds remaining but for that it, but face in a way it gives off. You, it,
3: and in a way it gives you a chance to set up your closing call yeah but you, you shouldn't uh, yeah but you shouldn't have to it 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 should be it, I didn't it mind sounds that, like better you did but you're a play-by-play guy it so sal- gonna, it, it just it's better for the play-by-play
2: guy when it's all natural right. you know i just don't like canned lines that are planned out you know uh that that some people have uh, in these situation, I believe Burkhardt and Ulster are going to be great. I think they're just going to blend in the fabric. I think the game is going to be the game coming up this weekend. The ultimate question is, and we'll discuss this morning uh, with you at 301-230-0980, we all think this is going to be a great football game. Can, is there anyone out there that can convince us that this isn't going to be a great football game? So, that's that's to me. Can you convince me it's not going to be a great football game? And, by the way, I think a – well, at the moment, he is not under contract to the Washington football team anymore. I think somebody that played for this team this past year is heading for a Barstool-esque, McAfee-esque type career. I know
3: exactly who you're talking about.
2: And I think – Not Ron Rivera. I think yesterday – he gave a better quarterback-slash-presidential endorsement that, to Sam Howe than even Ron Rivera did this week. We'll talk about that between now and noon. It's Russell and Medhurst jumping the car with us until 12 o'clock today right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv.
2: Going to talk some prop bets and everything for the Super Bowl coming up at the top of the hour. Also, at <laughs> look, man, the NFL is king. Okay, the, uh, if you watched any of the awards ceremony last night, as Chris was referencing, um, the head and shoulders never not working protection play of the year. <laughs> I mean, look, man, that and we'll give you the senior members of the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And more disappointment for multiple players uh, on the Washington side. But hey, the good news is Devin Hester didn't make it either. So yeah. it, it's you know. also
3: probably, quite honestly, because of the senior committee and, and the veterans committee or whatever they call it, it's also almost kind of like the hall. It, last night felt like the hall of very good. Uh, for, I, for the first time. Well, yes. I, I yes. mean, I, maybe not the first time. I. As they roll, first of all, they have bungled one of the best things in in sports. You know, you know that I'm not like a big broadcasting, you know, uh, uh, person like all of you are, you know, where you guys like get all up in arms about Gus Johnson and all that. I don't care. I loved, I loved when big old David Baker. Now, I, I understand he got into some things and, you know, that was a messy departure from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened. I've heard some things that, hmm. Um, but anyway, um, I used to love
2: when, when he, he would knocked go- on the door. Oh, yeah.
3: The best. And then the year after he left, I don't know if it was two years in a row, but where they'd have like Hall of Famers themselves just show up at like Alan Fanica's house last year. Like, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Franco Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, I, last—they ruined it! They're like, yeah, let's announce this 10-person Hall of Fame class. Hey, everybody, Joe Thomas. He was a 10-time Pro Bowler. Welcome to Canton, Joe Thomas. Oh, my God, you've ruined one of the best things in sports. I mean for all of the things that we just talked about that we were talking about uh you know uh the uh, uh, Tony Romo and, and 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 Tom Brady and uh and the NFL honors and how hokey it is and whatever the one thing I was looking forward to the one thing I was looking forward to last night the one thing I cared about they have ruined it just hey let's every let's call everybody out here for a roll call and a nice Golf clap of applause. Yay, everybody! Hall of Famers, Joe Klecko, nobody remembers you. uh, Except for a couple of uh, Knucklehead Jet fans. Yay! (laughs) They ruined it! I mean... Ruined it!
2: Look, we'll get to the full list uh, later on in the show and the rest of the award winners. But when I see what continues to go in... And I keep saying, how does Joe Jacoby not get in? How does uh, Brian Mitchell not get in? Again, as long as Devin Hester doesn't get in before B Mitch, I'm cool with well, that.
3: That's what I said last so, night. I mean, I I want both of them in. Sure, I, I think
2: both of them were were both of them dominated their role in yeah. the game uh, as much as anybody. Yes. And Brian has the analytical stuff to back yes. it up. He's
3: the second leading all-purpose yardage guy in yes. the history of the well, league. Well, Hester's the best pure returner, right? Kick returner. But B. Mitch has the total package. And that was my point. Was, you
2: could also argue Billy White shoes Johnson in that category, fair. too, when he was with the Houston Oilers.
3: My point is is Hester shouldn't even be a finalist, which is what he is, meaning the next tier, mm-hmm. a finalist, outside of all the guys that made it last night, if B. Mitch is not in that same category. I mean, you can't tell me that, that Devin Hester... Is definitively clearly better than Brian Mitchell. One hundred percent. You you can make an argument. Hey, you know what? He had more of an impact. This, that, and the other. Fine. You can make an art. You can point to whatever analytic, whatever number you want. Fine. You can't tell me that Devin Hester lives on Broadway, and Brian Mitchell lives on uh, uh, Splitsville uh, Side Street. You know you know what I'm saying? I mean, you just can't you, – you cannot convince me. And it has no, – listen, it has nothing to do with the fact that Brian works across the hall and that we like him. It has nothing to do with that. I mean, like, I don't think everybody should be a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I don't. I, like, I think Joe Jacoby should be a Hall of Famer. He's not even close for whatever reason they have. Not even close – not even close. Now, maybe they'll all get in with this whole senior veterans committee thing eventually one day. I don't know. But he's not even close by the people that are are, are charged with doing this. And, again, I have no problem with Joe Thomas and Darrell Rivas. DeMarcus Ware. Um, I don't know. Just real quickly, Rondé Barber was very good. Was he? Was he elite, elite? Like Hall of Fame elite, I don't. I mean, he was very good. I, I just don't know if I Zach Thomas was very good. Was he elite? I don't think Zach don't Thomas
2: know. was a Hall of Famer. I don't think Zach Thomas made a difference on a defense yeah. to uh, that led to a championship. Yeah.
3: I mean Joe yeah. Klecko, very good. I mean, was and, he elite? I, th- I mean, I, to, I to I be don't honest know. with you,
2: and to be honest with you, I I understand the contributions that Don Coryell made as a coach but his cardinal teams uh that habitually underachieved and his chargers teams you know never were able he he coached one side of the football right okay and as a head coach you're responsible for your entire team if that team would have played any modicum of defense with the chargers they had an offense good enough to win yeah uh maybe multiple super bowls does he
3: get does he get the nod from the senior committee in terms of the coach contributor category Because of his... Innovations in the passing game. Innovation and
2: impact. And that that has to be what it is. Right. Okay? But again, we come back to Hall of Very Good. Yeah. Hall of Fame. Okay? Hall of Fame. DeMarcus Ware, Hall of Fame. Yes? In your eyes? Yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good with Barber. I'm good with Barber, Revis, and Ware. Okay. But not Joe Thomas? Yeah, Joe Thomas is fine. But Zach, Zach Thomas, no.
3: No, right. Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis... And Demarcus Ware.
2: I think Chuck Halley for the Cowboys was was very yeah, good I, I early. I don't
3: know enough about him, so I'm not gonna yeah, like talk
2: you you talk to enough people about those Cowboys yeah. teams. Chuck's name Chuck's name comes up
3: uh very efficiently. But but t- Klecko,
2: t- Klecko is Hall of Very Good.
3: That's what I'm saying. You know? Like like Klecko um, and Zach Thomas. Gastineau. Exactly. Klecko and Tom and Zach Thomas were Hall of Very Good. Mm-hmm. Hall of, I, I, you know, like I'm not.
2: I got absolutely no problem with Ken Riley. Ken Riley's fantastic. Okay, as a defensive I mean, back with the Bengals. He's I mean, you know more money. about
3: that than I do. I I, I have He's no, great on really those no teams fight. they had.
2: Those really good teams they had in the '70s. Yeah. that competed with the Steelers. Uh, Kenny was as good uh, a DB as I'll, we've, we've I'll ta- had.
3: I'll take your word at it. But but Joe Thomas, Darrell Revis, and Demarcus Ware to me, no doubt it. Rondé Barber. I would take him over Zach Thomas and Joe Klecko, but I would put Rondé Barber, Joe Klecko, and Zach Thomas in the Hall of Very Good.
2: Yeah, I mean, you can be really good at it, but you may not necessarily be a Hall of Fame. We got a lot of that out there, I think. But a lot of it, too, Chris. We come down; it's come down to, in a lot of cases, uh, popularity contests. Mm -hmm. Um, Do we like guys? Yeah. Were, were, Were you Were you a likable guy and really good? And if you got that combination, we tend to give you the benefit of the doubt. Uh, in some of these Hall of Fames, not all the time, but in, in some of them, uh, there's no doubt. And you know what? We don't have to have a million people in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I know we're trying to honor people and you know stuff like that, but I mean, the Hall of Fame is supposed to be an elite class, right. um, you know, of people, especially mm-hmm. at the, the, that level. So but I think that's what we're getting into.
3: Well, if you think about it though, like not only do we have the debate of, of the guys that reg that went in the regular way, but like four guys last night, Coriel, Howley, Klecko, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, ha- Coriel, Howley, Klecko, and Riley were all senior um, committee, you yeah. know, kind of mm-hmm. like make goods. So that's why, you know, like Brian Mitchell might get in one day. Joe Jacoby might get in one day. Taking but it, far too long, it, it, It's going to have to be through the senior committee, yeah. which it sounds like we're kind of poo-pooing. I'm not really poo-pooing well, it. I, I, I'm, I I'm uh, arguing that that I, I, I guess I didn't realize Klecko was a senior committee. Mm-hmm. I, at least that's the way he's listed.
2: Yeah, but if we're listening, I mean, if we're listening three guys by the senior committee a, a year, yeah. for or possibility of that, um, we're going to get some hall of very why, good. Why we keep overlooking Jacoby, I'll never right. understand. Somebody has to tell me the truth. That's the one thing I like. Just tell me the truth, okay? Tell me the truth. Um, we are right around the corner from uh, the epicenter of. United States government. You know, endorsements are worthwhile every day. So, let it be heard that the new candidate for quarterback for the Washington Commanders got a very important endorsement yesterday.
4: So uh what was that the last game of the year it was earlier in the week you were supposed to t- you were supposed to start you're going to go a half or whatever and you said listen i've got the most boxy in the nfl i'm a guy you could have a beer with let's sam go and see what he can do is that what happened pretty much yeah uh, i won't get into specifics but they initially made me started that week um and kind of sitting back and look at it and how everything kind of unfolded the last previous two weeks um and the can the game really didn't mean anything for us um and you know We've seen Sam do what he can do during practice and through training camp. He's he a dog ball. in there, huh? The, dude, the dude's a dog. The dude can ball. Oh. Wow. He's a chance to so see, see what he's got. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, I'll draft him for a reason. Um, so he nice. went out there and balled out. So, you know, it, I'm very excited for him. He's got a bright future ahead of him. He keeps working hard. So, you know, hopefully he can keep doing it. He's a player, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the guys in the locker room believe in him, too. So
1: it's, this is what was said, like um – Obviously the locker room, you you won over quickly, and you saying the locker room likes him too is a big deal because obviously you recognize that too. You're a human that when you speak about football, we should take you seriously. But they're talking about Patrick Mahomes whenever they decided to name him the starter. He had played against the Denver Broncos, I think in a game that didn't matter in his rookie uh-huh. years, like the last year. Alex Smith was having an MVP-like season, and they move on to Patrick Mahomes. And then all word out of the locker room was like, nope, we got a guy
4: because of the practice reps and because of that. You're saying similar type feel with Sam Howell? All right, I don't want to put that.
3: No, 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 but like back. that type of conversation. Like, hey, we think we got a guy because of what we see in practice and what we've seen behind the scenes. Right? Yeah,
4: that. And, you know, you go back to his junior year of college, he was projected to be a first or second rounder um, and decided to come back his senior year. And, you know, obviously he lost a lot of weapons his senior year and didn't have that great of a year. And, you know, they thought that it was, for whatever reason, he fell to the fifth round after that. So um, everyone knew he could play. I just don't understand how he fell to the fifth round.
2: All right, now, is there a better endorsement? Can you get a better endorsement from a player on the team right now, especially at that position, than from that guy in that forum right there?
3: Probably not.
2: That's, That's Taylor good.
3: Heineke on, on Pat McAfee's show yesterday. That's a pretty good endorsement. It's also a tough spot for Taylor Heineke to be in because Understand. he's like, you know what? I, I also feel like I should be given the opportunity that Sam Howell is going to get that I've never been given. He has never been named QB1. Right,
2: right. That's a good point. But remember, before they, before he was, he, of course, he may not have ever made it back to the league if we wouldn't have had the COVID. I know. Situation. That's the staggering part of it. Good for him for taking advantage, but even better for him to step up for Sam Howe in that situation. That ringing endorsement from Taylor Heineke. Your thoughts on that yesterday on the Pat McAfee show as he gives Sam Howe kind of that blessing. And that, hey, Sam's going to go do well with this opportunity. Whether Taylor comes back to challenge him for the spot or signs with another football team 301-230-0980 your thoughts on that endorsement talking super bowl props at the top of the hour during touchdown at 10 lots to do between now and noon on russell and medhurst the big fella tells us what's trending
3: all right indeed we are approaching super bowl 57 finally it is almost here guys two and a half days maybe less Before kickoff, just around 6.30 on Friday night, and it will be right here. And all-day surround coverage on the Team 980 and the Odyssey between the Philadelphia Eagles and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, we were just talking about the Hall of Fame class from last night's NFL Honors What we haven't given you is all the different awards. The AP Most Valuable Player Award going to Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. A whitewash in that. He got all but one first-place vote. AP Coach of the Year, Brian Dable of the New York Giants. Comeback Player of the Year. Geno Smith, Offensive Player of the Year. Justin Jefferson, Defensive Player of the Year. Nick Bosa. And, of course, Dak Prescott sending everyone home with a tear in their eye, winning the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year, Charles Leno of the Commanders was up for that particular award. And that's what's trending.
2: Can Sam Howell get a more important and better endorsement Then he got from Taylor Heineke yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. And in this particular market, Chris, at that particular position, can you get a better endorsement? Because I think the endorsement of his play by Taylor Heineke might even be more important to convincing the fan base that Sam Howe can be the guy going forward. Might even be stronger from Heineke than it is, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera's got to tell you every player he has on the roster is great because he picks the players, he coaches the players. But getting someone of Taylor's popularity, who plays the same position you do, to give you such a ringing endorsement, I think is, yeah. I think is, uh, it's just, it means just a smidge more, especially trying to get the fan base behind Sam Howell going into this 2023 season. You know,
3: I think the fan base for the most part is going to be fine with going to Sam Howell. I don't know where we'll be in December. Maybe people will be completely no, out on if Sam we're Howell four and eleven by December. Yeah. Yes, I, 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 but, 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 what I am saying is, I don't know. I don't think there is any. Like, I don't think there is many. I, let, let me say, I shouldn't say any. I don't think there is many fans that are upset about Sam Howell being given every opportunity to be QB one. Whether he got the endorsement from Taylor Heineke or not, that's kind of secondary. But yeah, to your point, a popular player who plays the same position, who, if he returns, and that's a huge if, is basically looking at, okay, once again, I have no shot. Legitimate shot in the coach's mind. The coach has come out and said, in public, again, Mm -hmm. and you know how I feel about this, that Sam Howell is QB1. He's basically saying, you know, like the guys in the locker room, no, we see it and practice it. Look, here's the deal Is it important? Yes. Is it the end? Is it going to guarantee any level of success? No. Is it going to make a huge um, difference in terms of how people perceive the direction of this franchise right now? Because Heineke has Howell support. I'm I'm sorry because Howell has Heineke's support, whether Heineke is here or not. Not really, I think. But I do think what what is interesting, if you somehow add Eric Bieniemy, and he chooses you over Baltimore or staying in Kansas City, if you somehow add that, and if then you get Heineke back in the fold as a free agent, and again, I think it's more much more likely that he leaves. Then stays, but whatever. Then I think we we could be in a situation where almost the entire fan base is unified on a quarterback plan. Whereas I don't know if we've been in that place. Even, like... I'm trying to go back and, and think, right? We weren't in that place last year with Wentz, even though a lot of commander blowhards thought they they slurped up everything Ron was saying, which was a complete disaster. Um, we weren't in that place in 2020 when Ron came here because he inherited Dwayne. There was hope that they could turn Dwayne into something. But there was no legitimate juice or excitement or lather. There was never any of that for Kirk, ever. Not for Alex. Everybody kind of thought, ugh. The last time we had any real, like, kind of good-feeling karma, what have you, was 2012 at the quarterback position, right? And I'm not saying Sam Howell and Taylor Heineke would be anything like that. But if you added enemy, Howell, and somehow retained Taylor Heineke, I think fans would think way, 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 way higher of that triple threat, that group right there, than anything that has been presented in 10 or 11 years. I think that would present a very popular early
2: offseason here. For Washington. Now, they can't really do anything with Heineke until March when the league year starts. Biennium, obviously, they're waiting until after the Super Bowl so they can try and get another interview, uh, you know, in this offensive coordinator search done. And at the same time, they're also at the mercy of Indianapolis, who interviewed him, you know, for their head coaching job. So, in theory, he's still a candidate
3: there. I'm telling you, that's going to leak on Sunday morning. Rappaport's going to be all over that
2: about him getting either getting the indie job or someone else getting the indie job.
3: I think someone I well the the indie job is going to be revealed on Sunday morning.
2: Do you think Ursay, based on I, his I comments don't think, the other I don't day do you think the Ursae, enemy gets it? Do you think Ursay already knows who he's hiring? Yes. And he's doing what the league tells him. League yes. always says do not break any news. Yes. the Yes. That's of the Super why Bowl. it'll
3: leak on Sunday. Mhm. 12, somewhere in that range, remember, for the six-hour pregame show. Maybe it'll be on – you know, maybe it'll be Glazer, but it'll probably be Rappaport, maybe Schefter, who knows. The name will, I, I believe, will be will be uh, delivered on – now, I don't know – I don't think it'll be Biennium. I could be wrong, but, I mean, that would be an interesting dynamic to Super Sunday is if Eric Biennium is –
2: is it anybody in your mind, is it anybody but, or besides, Saturday, enemy, or Steichen? Uh,
3: um, probably not, no. So you think it's coming I from mean, I, one of those I three? I mean, I guess it could be, could it be Kafka still, right? Did Kafka talk I guess to them? in I th- theory. I think so.
2: But I mean, I'm just saying. Probably not, though. I mean, it would appear as if that coaching position yeah. is coming down to one of those three. Right.
3: I, I would think one of those three get it, but you see what I'm so why, like. Why has so like Arizona, if they,
2: by the way, been so zero dark thirty?
3: Um, interest. Oh, I, well, if you believe the reports, because nobody wants to work with Kyler Murray. Wow. Uh, yeah, but I mean, come on, Chris. I mean, somebody will take the job. Yeah. So maybe, but maybe, maybe you don't think enemy or maybe uh, they're waiting. Would go there. Maybe they're waiting around to talk to one of those guys. It's possible. You know, but man. I, I would say this. I think it's going to leak Sunday afternoon between twelve and one o'clock. Who the Colts are going to choose? Then at that point, say it's say it's enemy, right? I would expect Ron within forty eight hours of that leak. To wrap up the search because he already knows what he's gonna do. It's either enemy. if I can get him, or it's fill-in-the-blank, nondescript, boring right. Shermer's amp, right? Whoever yeah. he chooses, safe, conservative, old guard, what have you. That's it in a nutshell. But but I could listen, maybe, maybe Ursay is waiting to talk to again, enemy Steichen. One of those guys a second time or, or another time before he makes the decision. I just, I know how big that window is as soon as the Super Bowl pregame show starts. I mean, last year it was on NBC. Florio had like a flurry of news. And you know Rappaport and Schefter are going to be like battling it out for mm-hmm. the big headlines on Super Sunday. Kind of like Sunday. Shams yes, over the last few days. Absolutely. Speaking of which, poor John Wall. Oh. I mean, now he's not going to play with Houston. No, but hopefully just, they buy him just out. Just the notion that he got traded back to Houston yeah. as part of a trade. Poor John Wall. And then the question becomes is, can somehow they mend fences and bring him back here? If they buy him
2: out. I would at least make that phone call right now with the way things have been going for this team. Coming up, Dave Mason, the Sportsbook brand manager from Bet Online, joins us talking Super Bowl props and all the things you want to know on how to bet the game on Sunday. He'll join us next right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.
0: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv.